No rush. Say, what's good, what's good, eh? We're here to discuss the overruns in housekeeping, not have brunch. Oh, we can't do both? Just stop it. We're here for a meeting. Meet the Kennedys at Lassiter's Hall at the Waterhole. A cup of tea at Harold Sonia's nursery for a stroll. It's time to neighbors. CJ Kayla. Let's get the neighbors. Hello, this is Neighbors. We are the Neighbors Recap Podcast. We discuss episodes of the Aussie Soap Neighbors at Aussie Pace. Just a couple of weeks, not even, barely two weeks ahead of the UK. I'm Vaya. I work in showbiz. I have trouble suspending disbelief. I have Catherine Jones here, also known as CJ the Hot Mess Mum. Good evening. Hello, everyone. We have assembled the Mobile Pirate Net Studios car picnic style. This is an invention of Kate's, the car picnic. It is. Um, It's a wonderful tradition that I... I, no, because I don't want to. I want to podcast inside. Yeah. But I still love this. You mentioned a few weeks ago that you have happy memories of picnic pods. And like I do too. I still prefer it inside. <laughs> yeah. yeah, car pod's good because at least you've got a little bit of barrier around you from the mosquitoes up, yeah. up to the mosquitoes. Except I just sprayed myself inside the car and... It's, it's not great. <laughs> so I'm gonna I'm gonna start getting a bit wiggity. And cup trays mm. are a great addition to a to a podcast mm. also. So we have gone on a journey. Let's dig into Neighbours Council business. It's there's not much, but it'll be loose. Sweetie, it's just business. <sighs> Most locked down city in the world. Oh. <laughs> Melbourne. Uh, We're winning at COVID. Yeah. Actually, we kind of are because, like, other cities have had tens of thousands of deaths. Like, <laughs> oh, 100%. And, like, firstly, I'm sorry to make fun of it if I'm, you know, if anyone's listening who lost someone yeah. or, or who's been sick, uh, I'm sorry to make fun of it. It's literally how we deal with it here, though. Yeah, yeah. we just have, we yeah. have to laugh yeah. because it's been, like, more than 250 days in lockdown for mm. us, some of us more. Like, my suburb got locked down earlier because it's got its own thing going on, my area. And... Yeah, my husband and my mum, their shop was also in an area that got locked down. She reminds everyone yep. that she had 10 more days. Yeah. In <laughs> fact, I should calculate it because I would love to hold this over people and will. So we are very fatigued. Today, though, our state government announced that lockdown's lifting. Yeah. The clouds are parting. The lockdown is lifting by the end of the week. Yeah, and... I'm, I will say that I'm, most people are really just having a hard time with it at the moment. So this this is good that this has happened. Mm. Um, the problem we have in Melbourne is that we know what it's like to come out of lockdown and go back. And be hopeful. And, and be hopeful. And positive, yeah, optimistic. Mm. So we're a little bit scared of bit, being hopeful. Yeah, a bit nervous. And also, the again, we're going to hold this over everyone, but when you've been in the world's longest lockdown, things happen like you fall out of touch with friends and family, like actual family members that I haven't kept in contact with and good dear friends, if there's a small rift, like usually you can have a coffee with someone and patch it up. But I haven't had that chance. So some of those friendships have gone. And so a a few lockdowns now when they've opened up, I've been waiting for the phone to ring and it doesn't ring because I don't have that many people that I'm close to anymore. Yeah. To see. It's awful. people have been through big things. Like, Vaya, you've been through... A big thing, a baby. And I know people that have been through some rough things. Yeah, grief. And I haven't been there for them and I know that. Yeah. And that's hard. But, you know, I remember when um, one of my friends went back to work after having a baby and she said, oh, gosh, I'm so sorry because, like, you know, I'll I'll call you back and I forgot to call you back. And I said, you know what, you never have to worry about me. (laughs) Yeah. Don't even worry about it. It is like when you become a parent, you have a secret language with other parents. And now I feel like if you've lived through Melbourne's lockdown, we've got a secret language. Yeah. With me, there's like a meme about this. With me, you either get a text message back straight away, within seconds. I've written you one back just because I've seen you typing one. Or seven, eight months later. Yeah. (laughs) Because I need something. (laughs) But who's been there for us? The neighbours community. Oh, so much. Bless them. Beautiful souls. Neighbours council. Just what a joy to dip into those chats every day. Yeah, and just, it's interesting, like when um, some of our listeners are talking about the podcast and, you know, giving us nice feedback or yeah. something, 
And it's kind of like, I don't know, the breaking down of the fourth wall, like just like being there while it's so nice. Yes. And it's so good to have this thing in common that we have. Yeah. Which, and I feel like so many members of the Neighbours Council, like we've taken it beyond that. We're like a family. We really are We know, like there's people, like Rachel, one of our listeners is expecting, she's having a baby and congratulations. And like, we just get excited for those moments and yeah. I probably know a lot more about our community's goings on than a lot of people that were in my life for a long time. Anyway, the point is <laughs> things are going to look different this time next week. But next pod, as many microphone cables as I have, that is how many guest hosts we will have on. <laughs> well, I think you have four channels on that recorder. I do. But then I suddenly, as I was saying that, you know where I'm going, is I know that CJ's got her own recorder. I do. I've only got... You've got two mics? Two. I've, yeah. got two. I've got two channels. Can I get six people on? Kate's already twitching and she's not even here. Like, <laughs> this will make her nervous. But can I get six people on a podcast? Probably not. Um, the point is we can and we will try, but we'll try for four. See how we go. Oh, but babe. we are going to meet up. Probably we can do it in a house, actually, but we are going to keep it ventilated. you got to keep it ventilated. <laughs> <laughs> Probably going to do it at Kate's back deck. Yeah. Because it's got nice vibes out there. I've never recorded a podcast from a back deck. Oh, you, you've done a couple. Yeah, of them, you yeah. feel like you're in the movie Beaches when they're on those Adirondack chairs, oh. like just relaxing. That'll give me good vibes because I'm just constantly renovating at the moment, mm. and it'll give me good vibes to go to Kate's and yeah. CJ, <laughs> CJ just had one of the great happenings. I don't know if it's an Aussie tradition or getting a skip. Is that an it? Well, it's a skip bin. It's a skip bin. Yeah. I look. I'm sorry, guys. This is deep cut. Um, but. I was thinking about it because I'm in several decluttering Facebook groups. <laughs> you need to declutter your <laughs> Facebook group count there. I have, and I kept the neighbours ones, the decluttering ones, and um, various the working mums ones, toxic yeah. ones that make me think about food. Oh yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, and the working mum one, which is a joyous place. It's as joyous as neighbours. Yeah. And I don't think anyone of those Americans have ever said skip bin. Yeah, it does sound like one of those Aussie type things, like we have hard rubbish, which is also going on in my neighbourhood. So CJ has been doing some DIY work at her place. Mm. It's very cathartic and needed to dispose of some cabinetry. Yes, and the laundry cabinet. I ripped it all off the wall. And my grandfather was... You doyle coiled yourself. I, I, yeah, I, uh, that sounds sexual. <laughs> um, my grandfather was very efficient and he always put things in like very sturdily. And I, like, have ripped that plaster apart getting that cabinetry off those walls. But it doesn't matter. I'm going to put new cabinetry up. So she hired a it, – it's a big bin. It's called a skip. And it's, like, six metres by something. It's like a dumpster. It's a dumpster. Yeah. yeah. It comes to your house and then they take it away. And because it's huge mm. – I got a good deal. She, and she got to say, I've got a skip at my house. If you've got something you want to chuck in – and, what, Kate and I partook. Yeah. We took some real estate and we all had a purge. Yeah. It's cleansing and it's hard rubbish week at my place. So it's just, everyone's just purging and refreshing. And living it's years worth life. of stuff at yeah. this point. And a lot of it is stuff because it's the other thing, like a lot of our op shops have been closed and haven't been taking donations or if they have, they're overflowing. So there's just a lot of stuff that, anyway, boring. The point is we are renewing ourselves. <laughs> we are going to rise from the ashes. Like We're born phoenix. again, but no... <laughs> No books or anything. No New Testaments. We're born again. And the other week I said we were pro-human life, which was also questionable yeah. phrase, phrasing. I've really I'm not got sure. it. I reckon I turned the podcast off when you <laughs> really got to be careful with my phrasing. I am pro-choice. I just want that on the record. Um, we are a pro-choice podcast. I, I am. I just, I'm pro-choice and pro-humans. Yeah. But, um, and that's what I was trying yeah. to get at. Get out. Let's get out of the business. So you're doing business with you. Because we have a week to chat through. Shallow paddle through the week commencing October the 11th? Yeah. Yeah. Again, it wasn't a big drama week. Lots of very little conversations happening, but we had some comings and goings. Well, I must say, when you say it wasn't a big drama week, we have a family that have recently moved in together in which the mother has kidnapped the child (laughs) before. (laughs) We have the power couple separating. Mm-hmm. We have Leonardo DiCaprio coming in. Um, what else? Do, but there was possibly, and we don't really know this, but possibly the trans character is going to have a sexual experience soon. Yes, yeah, wonderful. The, like 
maybe she has before, but like we're going to be part of it this yes, time at least. Yes. Yeah. Because, yeah, it hasn't, been, hasn't happened on screen. Yeah. And Roxy and Kyle are just everywhere. And they're really being helpful neighbours. Yeah, they're weird. I, I want to talk about them. Mm, okay. But also, don't forget, the other point is that the polyamorous triad wants to introduce a fourth. Oh, my gosh. Do we know a poly person? Yes, CJ, we do. Oh, awesome. Yep. I, I wonder who that is. Because <laughs> um, I really... I'm Surely really... you know. You must know. No. Because I just want to know, like, I guess there's no rules. But like, well, I there really are there are some how... rules. There are some rules. Yeah, well, sorry, I'm sure there's rules within each relationship, yeah. of course. But I keep wondering, like, how are the poly community being represented? Yes, and the vibe we've got from our audience, anyway, is that it's a strange representation because it's. I mean, it's played for laughs because there's so much other drama. But a lot of our comments have been that we've seen have been this group of people feels they feel forced into it. It doesn't seem like something they're embracing. They're like, oh, well, I want to go out with these two people, so I guess we have to do this. And everyone's sort of going, okay, I think I can make that work instead of embracing it and going, hey, yeah, guess what? I have multiple partners. It's awesome. I think it would be better, for instance, if Amy had come back a poly character. That's great. I mean, I guess... Maybe it was tricky to weave that in if they hadn't established that for her, but we didn't know a lot about her past, so she could have. Yeah. I mean, just because she was Polly doesn't mean she'd always have to be a Polly, right? Yeah. You can turn it on off. Yeah. Well, I mean, she could have met Shane and thought, he's enough. Maybe they had that conversation behind closed doors. Yeah. Maybe we don't know about it. Back on the rules thing. So, CJ, we do know someone who's Polly. Not always, just came into it. They came into it after... um, relationship breakdown and this new relationship started and there was some extra parties in that relationship. And, and like, so they fell in love with people. Yep. And said, I like both of these people. So kind of like Amy, I guess? Except there was already a couple. We okay, need to ha- we so need they to- fell in love with a couple. Let's give these people some names. Trevor. Yep, Trevor and... Julie. <laughs> I keep thinking of that Phoebe song in Friends. <laughs> Neil and Julie. Okay, uh, yeah, Neil. Neil and Julie and Trevor. Yeah. Okay. So Trevor met Julie mm-hmm. and was like, "You're great." And he'd he'd normally been with Julie's. Yeah. Yep. 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 But this Julie was a great lady, and he's like, "Let's see what's here." And she said, "Well, I have Neil already, but we are open to other things." Yeah. And he's like, "Okay, cool. Well, that's why interesting." Yeah. Um, but also then he explored the Neil side of things as yep, well. Yep. So everyone's on deck there. But also the rules are that it's not closed off to other parties. There can be other parties yep. in the mix. But everyone has to consent. They do and they yep. all have to be enthusiastic about it. And more importantly, what I've heard recently in this scenario is that they have had to close down, close the borders because of COVID. So oh. t- typically they would be allowed to bring other people into the mix. But since COVID, they're like, no, it's the three of us and that's it. Yeah. I mean, that seems sensible. Yeah. Because otherwise, you know, contract tracers would really have a time. (laughs) And, you know, like it's bad enough when you've got a few people in a house, but let alone, like, you know, because there could be children as well. It's it's very tricky to budge someone who has been in one specific frame of mind their whole life to suddenly open up. The doors. And like what you're saying is none of them came to it saying, I'm actually just not that into one person. Yeah. Like I, I have a strong calling to this. No, none of them had that strong calling. There's a great episode of, I've mentioned this show before on ABC, You Can't Ask That. Mm. I've mentioned their polyamory episode, which is great, but they've also got a cheaters episode. And a friend of mine is one of the people on that, this girl Tamika that I worked with in radio. Mm. And I was excited to see her. I'm like, oh, my God. And her point of view was not that she cheated. It was that she couldn't be with one person. And yeah. the end of her journey was, well, I'm just non-monogamous. And my next partner, the next partner she had, she said, hey, I'm not a monogamous person. You cool? They're like, yep. And now she's happy as Larry. So it took her a while to get to that point. Mm. But it's it's trying to make that person fit into the other thing that causes problems yeah. because that's when rules get broken and people get damaged and yeah. Yeah. It's a sexuality. Yeah. Yeah. Or a, li- yeah, a lifestyle choice. Lifestyle, yeah. 
and that is interesting in this neighbour's mm. guise of it because I keep wondering, like, are they, you know, bastardising it? Are they Like, I keep, I want to know and I just don't know yeah. any, anything about the, the lifestyle. I think representation is great. The fact that it has been framed positively from the three people involved, mm-hmm. like they've all been open to it, it's just that they've had a lot of noise from the outside, which is, I guess, true to life. You would get a lot of noise and judgment. If Sheila was in your life, <laughs> she would not shut up about anything. And it is her character. Mm. Like, she does this about everything. Yeah. Yeah. So what has happened is Levi has met Felicity Higgins mm. and the firefighter, firefighter Felicity. I love that. <laughs> um, so one of my friends works at the firefighters organization and her original contract was recruiting female firefighters. Oh, I love this. So I just, in my mind, I imagine that this person was recruited by my friend. Great. At one of her town hall meetings. And, and do you think she's got such like even skin because of all the like charcoal kind of? Well, actually firefighters don't do that much firefighting. Because they do so much else. There's kittens up trees. Although there is a firefighters episode of You Can't Ask That, and they did say that there wasn't much kitten rescues. That's disappointing. (laughs) Because I'd like to see her go and get a kitten up a tree. Um, But, like, imagine if she was okay with it and then they became a four. Well, yeah, which we could have got there because Levi's like, look, we never said early on that it was just going to be the three of us. Yeah. Although Amy's like, well, there was no one else. It was just us three. So we did kind of say that. Yeah. But Amy, he's like, so can I go out with this girl? And Amy's like, I'd prefer you didn't. And he goes, well, I'm going to anyway. <laughs> I think that's the thing that stresses me out because it made me feel less like they were poly and more like they were just casual. Mm. It was where they were at the beginning. Yeah. Particularly because Ned throughout this is such a lovely boyfriend. Oh, my God. With his picnic baskets and his cheeses and his... Like salami. checking, checking in on, <laughs> checking in on Amy with his salami, <laughs> and making sure hot, she, hot salami, making sure his her emotional needs are met. Yeah, or is he annoying and just always there when you know? No, nope. <laughs> I I want to go back to the the four of them getting together. Yeah, I don't really need her to hook up with Ned, but Amy, Amy and Fliss. That'd be a time. Oh, I'm happy with Fliss and Ned together too. All all permutations. I guess Ned, so. and, Ned and Levi, we still want bisexual king Ned Willis. Oh, yeah. I mean, look, that would be amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but it's very strange that Amy's put the foot down and said, no, don't go out with her. He just does it anyway. And then Amy spies on the date at the waterhole. Yeah. Instead of going on that lovely dusk picnic with Ned. And Ned was, like, had purposely was going to take her somewhere that, like, wasn't in Erinsborough. There was a cliff in Anson's Corner. Is that, like, where Madeline West threw herself off? I don't think so. It reminds me of In My Radius, where we had a picnic, CJ, the other night with our sons. Yeah. Just looking over the valley. Yep. It's a wonderful lookout spot. I mean, I'm sure Ned's was more of a makeout spot, but. Yeah. Yeah. I wonder if there's many mosquitoes there. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> they got the bull ants, so who knows? <laughs> Anyway, so we'll leave them because also Levi and Amy, they just don't seem like they're having a great time with each other. No, they don't. And I would really like Levi, I'm hoping I'm not wrong here, but he has not told his new date yet. No, in fact, he introduced Amy as his friend. Oh, yeah. What a, what, what a dick move. Oh, the word friend. God, how loaded is that word? Yeah. Jesus. This is Amy. Ooh. Finish it at that. This is Amy and Ned. Amy and Ned. That's all the context you need, mate. Yeah. Aye, aye, aye. Yeah, so I'm not happy about that. But, like, also, do you really need everyone's life story on a first date? No. No. Bigger stuff than this, though, has happened, and that is the return of Brentonardo DiCaprio. Mm -hmm. He comes in at an opportune moment. Now, obviously, the the Robinson-Willis marriage is breaking down, crumbling. Well. One of the parties is more concrete about the breakdown than the other. Mm. Tarage is like, this is toxic. He's a pathological liar. I can't trust him. I need you to give me space, Paul. And he's like, hey, guys, what's up? I'm here hanging out at my house. She's like, no, <laughs> I'll be changing these locks. Thank you. And he's like, all right, well, I'll just go hang out at the hotel till uh, I'll be at the penthouse. If you need me, uh, I'll pop, pop over. It's awkward, isn't it? I love that he's just like, hey, I just want to talk to you about the cleaning roster. When have you ever talked about the cleaning roster, Paul? 
I'm surprised he even knew there was one. <laughs> he wants to weasel back in, but you can't, even if you've had an argument with someone, you can't make up with them when they're still prickly. You've got to wait till they've had a minute to simmer down. Yeah. Well, so look, over the week, there's a few interactions. Firstly, Paul's coming into the house uninvited. Then he's teaming up with Harlow. Um, but we go various, and over the week, Paul becomes a little bit more evil. Did you notice that? No, because I was focused elsewhere on the other Robinson end of the stick. But what did you notice? Well, he started being like, he called Therese out on her misbehavior. Oh, like blamed her for yeah. Harlow feeling down. Yeah. Well, no, he said his point of view. I think he was right. Because Therese did basically, Brent, Leonardo DiCaprio's cousin Brent came over and Therese told Harlow in front of him what Paul did. Which was um, bribe Holden, whose role I cannot even remember in this whole situation. He, he was He's, a goon. Yeah, one of the goons yeah. in the robbery mm-hmm. that Brent was arrested for, mm-hmm. he paid him to testify against Brent. Yeah, which is awful. It's a disgusting thing to have done. Yeah. But also, like, Therese did tell Harlow to spite. Yeah, but also it was very, it was volatile, it was emotional, it kind of just tumbled out of her. Yeah, but Paul calls her on that and he's just starting to get his, like, you know, swing his body back and cross his legs and use his eyebrows because he knows when he is bad, he turns her on. Oh, God, that's complicated. Jesus Christ. And I think she's starting to, like, let him back in a little bit because she loves this Paul. This is the Paul she loves. No. She spends all this time telling him to be better, but that's not what she wants. Therese, this is toxic. Yeah, she wants a toxic man. No. uh, Like, Paul swindling some poor, unfortunate man out of his freedom is basically bad boy getting on a motorcycle for Therese. Boy, Jesus. So to back it up a couple of steps, in the middle, everyone's fighting and Harlow is acting like a tween whose parents are getting divorced. Yeah. I will grant Harlow several things. She, well, she's like, what, was she 18, 19? Yeah, 18. 19, yeah. yeah. She didn't really have much of a family growing up yep. because she was raised by a single mum who joined a cult <laughs> yeah, and left Harlow to her own devices. Problematic yeah. mum, yeah. yeah. Not as present as a parent should be. And her other parent, Rob Rob. Lolo. <laughs> Lolo and Rob Rob. Rob Rob was in prison, is in prison for murdering people via a plane crash. Very bad person. Very bad. And and her her bandha, by the way, let her fly at 16 by herself to another country to go and see this father. With no return ticket? No. Just, she's like, I'm Harlow and I live here. Mm. And it's like, okay, <laughs> come on in. We got room. Um... She then loses her mother in a fire explosion, like a traumatic way, while she's being held captive on Bum Island down Old Watson Mine. Old Watson Mine. That's right. Like trauma upon trauma upon trauma. And then after that, she got kidnapped again. So I watched that again because of your TikTok recently. Oh, great. Not a recent TikTok, but I've got to get back on TikTok. I was traumatized because of. A lot of dramas around neighbours this year. I just didn't feel like TikTok. Really? I haven't heard anything. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So I wish they would tie her current behaviour back to the past. Well, she kind of says, Paul and Therese are the most important thing to me. I don't have anyone. Okay, yeah. So she did imprint on this family. Like Mm. they are essentially her parents, even though they're her grandparents, you know. Yeah. And now she doesn't want them split up. I imagine, like, bitchy Harlow, like, these current guys of Harlow, as just dumping Therese and being like, I don't need you. Well, yeah, I, I'm worried. So, Therese is very conscious, like, this is your home, you're welcome here, this is not your fault, like, you're not, you don't have anything to do with this, I'm still wanting to look after you, but I think Harlow, any minute, is just going to snap. My favourite line of the week is very early, I think Monday or early Tuesday, David comes over to offer um, Therese... You can come over and see the baby anytime. Yeah. And I just want to be like, mate, Paul's side of the bed is not even cold yet. <laughs> like, calm down. And I, I felt like Therese, yeah, she's like, oh, I've got so much on my to-do list. Yeah. Do I have to babysit your child? <laughs> like, can't you look like, after I it? looked after the other one the other day and that was disaster. You've got three parents over there. <laughs> Thanks, David. 
Harlow, okay, Harlow is being a little brat. She's had a personality transplant or the Rob Rob gene is kicking in. Now, everyone is blaming her being Paul's granddaughter Mm. for this. But I'm like, have we all forgotten who her father is? It's both. It hasn't skipped a generation. It's all the generations. It's all there. She's a Robinson. (laughs) And her kid, if she has one, it'll be evil as well. Yes, definitely. Um, Also, her mum was not perfect. It's a miracle that she kept it together for as long as she did. Yeah. She reminds me of me when I started going to uni. I was like very intense student in high school and getting top marks was an obsession for me. And then when I got to uni, I was completely burnt out and just was like, oh, man. I'm just going to skim through these texts. Oh, classic Rory Gilmore. Did you go and yes. jump off cliffs with people? Yeah, with the Life and Death Brigade. Yeah. Um, no, I just joined the debating society, but I <laughs> burnt out there after six months as Very well. Very badass. Yeah. Uh, no, I did comedy. I was so, <laughs> of course you did. That's right. Yeah, became burnout. So I'm like Harlow. I was like Harlow, just like, oh, God, do I have to go to a shoot? See, if Harlow was doing comedy, that'd be better. Oh, how good would that be? Oh, my God. Could you... <laughs> Could you do? Yeah. Could you do Jerry Seinfeld tell with a deal? <laughs> What's going on when your mum gets blown up? <laughs> like, is she still going to leave you anything in the will? <laughs> I don't know what I'm doing there. I became Prue in the middle of that. <laughs> oh, that's what I want. Because Prue had. Remember, we talked about her accent heaps, mm. but wasn't it decided like Prue's accent was like a little bit lower class than Harlow? And, like, that's what I'm waiting for, like, Harlow to break into, like, a Cockney accent. Well, I have seen that she's shooting some episodes in London. Yeah, and there was a post on the council about her shooting something and it being, like, like a stunt kind of thing. What was that? Do we know? I I don't know what the stunt is, but I just know it's a guest episode over there. That singer was... Sophia Lisbeck's there. Yeah, her, And someone else that I don't know. But, so hopefully we'll get a bit more background into Harlow's... Life over there. I, I like the idea of neighbours giving England and the UK viewers something back because they kind of really got like yeah the short end of the stick. Definitely. And so I like the idea of them going over and having you know a bit of UK time. Yeah, yeah. I can't go to Warnable, but that's fine. Yep. <laughs> um, now, do I give her any grace for doctoring up the rosters of the hotel to White Ant? Her superior and mentor, well, if she'd allowed her to be, Chloe, while she's on personal leave, mm. and then have a little sook, like going, ugh, Chloe's got another personal disaster. Like she's having another disaster and she's having leave. I'm like, you do not get to judge someone for taking leave. No, but also like Chloe does not have any leave accrued. Like she just took like three months off to go and work at a winery. <laughs> that was a secondment. That, oh. she, they didn't. It wasn't. <laughs> um, but even if even if it's unpaid leave, if it's unpaid personal leave, that's not your business. Like, I hate the term unpaid leave. It's like just, just abandoning your job. Just pay me. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, you're putting on an act here. You know if someone's got personal issues. No, I know. It's well In within Chloe's their rights. situation, yes, I understand. Yes. Um, In her situation, which is... Yes. The fiancé that ran away from her to swap a couple of babies now is really mad at her and doesn't want her around. <laughs> and look, how many times that can that happen? No. Really? Not many. How many times is your brother going <laughs> to impregnate your girlfriend? <laughs> Just, it's none of your business, Harlow. Like, the leave got approved. It's not like Harlow's the manager approving the leave. Oh God, it feels it, like she thinks she is. Yeah, like, if Harlow approved the leave, it's none of your concern. Harlow's going, oh. Chloe's letting everything slip because she's on leave again. I'm like, well, then they shouldn't have approved her leave and that's not your concern. That You take that to management. Totally. And it is a company's responsibility to make sure that there is enough people to do the work regardless of yeah. people taking leave. Because she could be on sick leave. Yeah. Which is unexpected mm. as well. So she gets the file from Chloe, which Chloe insisted on doing. What do you mean? Um, there was a Mark Harlow points out that Chloe insisted on still doing the rosters even though she was on because leave. Because she knew some little shit bag would be judging her for it if she didn't. But she's going to white out her out of her job while she's on a leave. So I'll just fucking do the rosters, you little shit. Yeah, and I think like the work isn't, it's much harder to explain than do. Yeah, totally. It's like so, this is a half hour job. Yeah, I'm I'll just going to sit down and do it. I'll put it in the share drive. Yeah. See you later. 
And it's probably the same as last week other than a couple of, you know, shift changes for Ned because he's always changing them. <laughs> he doesn't work there. Oh, but, God. When, is that, he ever at that cafe? Because Hendrix does most of it now. And because oh. um, Ned's got his own roster to worry about in his relationship. So it's true. Yeah, and he's putting in the hard dads there. Much more shifts over at Amy's than he has at the cafe. I love how Nicolette doesn't even want to walk into Harold's to check it's all afloat. Nah. Nothing. I mean, I don't blame her. Yeah. It was never her dream, was it? No. I think it's interesting because, like, you know, most um, people when they're going to have a baby, they try and plan out this, you know, when they're going to take leave and and how long they're going to be off work. And and, and where they will get their money from, you know? Yeah. But obviously, (laughs) like, their plan is very different. They talk about this throughout the week. Their parenting plan is very different from what they had planned earlier on. But also, even if parenting plan aside... Up until a couple of weeks ago, Nicolette was just going to cruise on through in Canberra and how was she going to support herself there if she didn't take any of the the million dollars? I'm sure she took a bit. (laughs) Has that money come back yet? It was left a little bit up in the air. It was a bit weird. Brittany said she would. But Paul's not getting those emails from the bank anymore (laughs) or that we know of. Oh, dear. Oh, So Harlow, basically, she white ants Chloe. She's found out doing that. Yeah, she changes the rosters and then I love how she got found out. Tarage was like, what's wrong with these rosters? She's like, oh, Chloe made a mistake and stuffed it up. She's like, how? Why would you? No, she didn't. Like, No, she doesn't I'm, do that. I'll just check with her. Okay, she didn't. She can give me the backups. She just flat out didn't make a mistake. I spoke to Chloe. She reset the roster. Not a single mistake, not a column out of place. Really? That's so strange. Is it? Yeah, I mean, maybe the file was corrupted or maybe she sent me an earlier draft and then sent you a more finished one. Or maybe you sabotaged her roster. What? Why would I do that? So you could swoop in and save the day. No. What a little upstart thinking she could fabricate that story in the digital age. Oh, and she went straight with the digital blaming. The file must have been corrupted, she said. And just moved people's names around. Yeah. And she said she did it with two other staff members. Tarage could have just corroborated with the other staff that she said she was training. Yeah. She's like, we all looked over this roster together. I'm like, well, just check with them. And they'll say, no, we didn't. Well, they probably haven't put it on their timesheet. <laughs> anyway. And it was very weird as well because she said, I'm just going to get my job sorted out. I'm like, we, why? We just went through this. You can't have a, an important job because people are going to think it's nepotism. Yeah. You're meant to be a cleaner. Or at least work your way up to... Customer service. Or, yeah, in charge of, like, run the housekeeping division. Her outfits have changed, though. She's wearing the Amy outfit now, not the uh, maid's outfit. Yeah, that must have been... I wonder if there was some kind of error that week. I don't know why she was back in the French maid's outfit. I think it was just for comedic Well, maybe because the housekeeping had been on strike, so maybe there just weren't any laundered uniforms. Oh, yeah, maybe. But she's at the front desk frequently with Therese and other things, so maybe she has sort of, you know, pivoted. Yeah. And she's helping, she's picking up a bit of the slack while Chloe's on leave, but she keeps trying to do more and Tarija's like, no, remember, it's a bad look if you do that. Yeah, remember, no. <laughs> Harlow? That's like me, my toddler's just started pinching, Oh, but he doesn't know, he knows it's naughty because we scream and say no, but he thinks that is funny. <laughs> yeah. well, it probably is. <laughs> he doesn't know yet. It's so, he's got tiny little fingers and it's like a little scorpion yeah. attacking you. The amount of times you have to say no, it's like, no, it's still no. Like, you can't pinch me. It's like Harlow's the same. It's like, no, I already said you can't. Go to the rosters. <laughs> oh. Okay, sorry. I've just spent a lot of time here, but gosh, I couldn't believe what I was witnessing. So, who shows up? Brent, in the nick of time. Brantonado. And he has got a quafted hair oh like the world has never seen. God, we could not stop talking about his hair online, offline. It was amazing. Like, you remember that ad that um, fructus or something? <laughs> for, I've got more air in my hair. Yeah. Air in my hair. That is him. He could play Princess Diana in the next biopic. Oh my god! That is what do you guys call that about um, probable casting or something? Plausible family casting. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what was um, Princess Diana's um, brother's name? Like um, Man Spencer or something? I don't I know. Phil remember. Spencer. I don't know. Yeah, it's a joke for the UK audience. I'd love it if Phil Spencer was his brother. Sorry. <laughs> Property li- <laughs> location, location, location. <laughs> um, she is in the middle of a, f- a spat 
with Tarate. Like, Tarate is letting her have it. She's giving her a dressing down. And then the door swings open and Brent's there. And Harlow just skips off. My boyfriend's here. (laughs) Tarate's like, um, I'm yelling at you right now. And he came in his army garb. Yeah. For no reason, it seems. Just to remind us. Just to give us plot context. Yeah. Now, um, this Brent coming back was a vehicle for Harlow, you know, being worse than normal. But also it was a vehicle for another charity storyline. Oh, of course. Yes, the kids' helpline. Yeah, which is interesting. So um, we've talked about before that I used to work at the adult version, Lifeline, the suicide prevention hotline for for everyone. But kids' helpline, I think it's like 10 to 25. Which I didn't know, which I learned through David and Mackenzie, telling me that lots of young adults call. And it's a line when um, Brent says, oh, I'm barely a kid. That's a line that they're, they're, like, that's a big issue for them to try and break that. Do you reckon they need a rebrand, CJ? I think they probably do, yeah. yeah. But Lifeline's taken, so they don't know what to do. Yeah. <laughs> well, just Helpline. Um, but it's fantastic. And they got to showcase that they've got various platforms. Mm. And Mackenzie popped up and said that she used to call them when she needed help. That was perfect, actually. I, I could have done without David bringing in a leaflet. Yeah, I felt for David and Aaron, though, because they were like, oh, shit, look, we can't deal with you right now. <laughs> True. They were like, we can, we got to pass this buck. Yeah. <laughs> and David's like, I've got a pamphlet. <laughs> it's like in a friendship when you hear someone's, you know, grievances and then suddenly you go, have you booked in with your psych about this? You, yeah. you feel like you're giving them the brush off, but really you're like, this is out of my hands, this yeah, is out like, of my pay grade. Yeah, this is over my pay grade. I don't know how to deal with this and I don't want to say the wrong thing. So, but yeah, so Brent comes back and after, you know, a couple of days he realises Harlow's a different person. And to me, I'm not loving Harlow the way she is. I've talked about that many times. But also I don't like this narrative that she has to be a bitch if she's going to stand up for herself. Right. Who's, where does that narrative come from? Um, it seems like embedded in all of it. So she can't just suddenly become righteous and, you know, strong. She has to be bitchy about it. And I also don't subscribe to the philosophy that you have to be a quote-unquote good person. Mm. And if you decide to, yeah, become more assertive or if you become selfish, that suddenly you're not the person I used to know. Mm. Well, People are human and they, they're going to make selfish choices as they grow into adulthood or to their um, senior years like Paul. But but I'll get to Brent because there is a lot I agreed with him about. Harlow has had this personality transplant, but I feel like I feel like Brent needs to walk, we needed to have walked in and gone, has someone rewritten your character? Because <laughs> oh, yeah. I feel like I'm watching a different show with you, but instead of him going, you've changed you were a good girl. Now you're a meanie. <laughs> yeah. Because people can be a goody-goody when they're a teenager and then they drop that. And also, like, when she says things like, I used to be a pushover, and it's like, yeah, you used, you took him those stupid coffees and you went to that beach hut and had sex with him on a cot. Like, you were a bit of a pushover. <laughs> but can you go to go the direction you're going but pull back a bit yeah. from where you are? Yeah. So... Brent has now had some time with authority, like in the Defence Force. Yeah, but so, some intense time, yeah, it would seem. He yeah. recognises instantly that Harlow's guardian is having a deep chat with her and he's like, you've got to go back and – I was interrupting this. You've got to go and speak to her. I was like, mm, okay, fine. So now back on his hair though, obviously it's not – what's the word for it's not in the uniform? It's not – it's not regulation. It's not standard. Standard yeah. army hair. I um, sent the pictures to my colleague at Hard Quiz, who we call the seaman because he was in the Navy, and I filled him in on the backstory and showed him the photos, and he goes, wow, grooming standards have dropped a bit. (laughs) He goes, at least he's shaved. I'm like, well, I don't think he ever grew any stubble (laughs) there. So Kate was doing a lot of digging because she could not believe the long hair on this young cadet, and the piece of literature we unearthed seemed to say that the hair does have to be cut short, shaved down, unless there are cultural reasons. And look, maybe Brent has cultural reasons. Oh my God, he is Princess Diana. <laughs> He's like, excuse me, I'm a teen heartthrob. 
uh, with that comes a set of expectations. I can't just have a buzz cut. No, I need to have long flowing locks in case they need me for a beach scene. Yeah, I might need to stand next to a cliff and think. <laughs> Maybe that's the cliff that um, Ned was going to yeah. take. <laughs> Bo Morris Beach. Brent, good on him. He's learned a thing or two. He's worked hard at the Navy, at the Army. Yeah, he said it was hard. Yeah, good. <laughs> it should be. It's prison army. He got kept out of prison by saying he'd go to the army. Yeah, I don't understand. Do you think this is, like, real? I've, we've probably talked about this months ago, but, like, do you think this is how you cannot go to prison? Um, my, st- oh, my semen friend didn't get back to me about that question. Yeah, I said he, he just w- went, okay, fair enough. Because at the end of the week, Brent's like, I want to go live in New Zealand. I'm like, are you allowed to <laughs> yet? I don't in- think so, because, like, if you go to rehab instead of jail, you have to stay there. Maybe he just meant eventually. Like, he's, he's on break at the moment, so he's visiting. I don't think Jacinta's going to have him. Have him? In New Zealand. Oh, Jacinda. Oh, sorry. Yes. Oopsie, sorry. Um, yes. I thought you meant Stapleton. I'm like, <laughs> well, I'm like well, she doesn't have any power here. <laughs> Maybe she does. <laughs> she does. Oh. Um, yeah, Jacinda's like, buddy, big buddy, you've got to finish out your training in Australia or you go to jail. So She'd do that look where she was like, no. <laughs> no. Uh, Brent and Harlow have some amazing exchanges. He keeps catching Harlow in the middle of schemes and mm. Tarej is trying to get – she's on Paul's case about, I just can't deal with the schemes. And Harlow and Paul keep getting in cahoots going, hey, here's my latest scheme. And, like, she said no schemes. Stop doing schemes. And I think the thing is is that nobody – and it is Paul rubbing off a bit, but, like, nobody's been around to say you just don't do this. Yeah, someone needs to be saying – well, I think probably Roxy would if Harlow wasn't being an upstart to Roxy as well. Well, Roxy, I mean, she's calling it out, but almost just everyone's ignoring her because that's the way people treat Roxy. Well, the battle lines have been drawn. So Ned and Roxy are team to rage and Harlow is team Paul. And there's an additional person you've missed out on who seems to have moved in. (laughs) Coyle. Coyle. Coyle's team team team. He's getting himself beers out of the fridge. (laughs) He'll be organising the pantry soon. <laughs> Take away with all the trimmings. Mm-hmm. By the way, Paul, when he wants to come over for dinner, he says, oh, I'm so sick of um, ordering room service. I'll mm. come home and want to have Thai takeout. Yeah. You can get Uber Eats at the penthouse, mate. <laughs> so Brent keeps hearing Harlow lie to Therese, like, oh, yes, Chloe made a mistake here or – um. yes, uh, Granddad wants to come and have dinner with us for the family to see Brent. Like – He's like, lying is bad. You're a good person. <laughs> Why you do this? Yeah. One thing he says is, you're treating Chloe badly. You you mess with a rosters, man. <laughs> it was. I wanted to frame that. <laughs> I know it was bad that I didn't defend you in front of everyone, but you've got to understand. <laughs> it's like Paul has fully rubbed off on you. And the way that you've been treating your job and Chloe lately, I mean, you're screwing around with her rosters. I mean, the old you wouldn't have done that. It wasn't that bad. The rosters, man. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's like, she doesn't deserve this. You know what? This is too hard. I need someone who's going to be on the straight and narrow. I've been in enough strife. I want someone who's going to look after me, and that's not you. You are only out for number one, Harlow. Therefore, you're dropped. I'm like, thank God. Although. I could not deal with this relationship. I totally agree. I want them to break up. I never want to hear about Brent ever again. No. But I just want him to say, look, actually, I'm used to this relationship being all about me and I don't like it now no, that it's about no. you. And also he was like, remember how I was speculating a few months ago, like, what is she talking to Brent about? Admin? He's like, why don't you tell me you're going through all this? She's like, oh, you know, because it was admin. <laughs> it's boring to hear about. She um, breaks up with her. Yeah. and But she pounces on that as an opportunity to get, Tarage and Paul back in the same room to discuss her emotional problems. Yeah, and Brent also goes to go and stay with um, Darren. Oh. Which Nicolette's not happy about. I'm not. I wasn't happy about that. They've got a newborn. And as Tarage said, he earns a living. He can pay for a room. Yeah, that's true. Or like... Therese and Paul can pay for it. Just go to the hotel. Like, Well, Paul wouldn't have, but Motelna Centre's still up the road. Yeah, is it? I wonder what that's doing now. Um, That's probably like a COVID hotel. (laughs) Yeah, Steph's (laughs) like, whatever, just give me the money. (laughs) Don't care. care. 
Did you want a massage? <laughs> so um, they break up and Harlow – so Harlow is devastated about what Paul did to Brent, but she's not telling people. Yeah, she's sort of sucking it up so that Tarage can still think Paul's fine. But yeah. Tarage is like, I don't though. He's lied too many times now and about very bad things and done very bad things and manipulated and, you know, bought a baby and stuff. And I'm... But, I mean, he got a bargain. He got two. I'm not okay. She's not okay with this. And just Harlow insisting that if David and Aaron can take in the kidnapper and... Well, not the kid, you know. It's like David and Aaron got over it. Like Because if they don't, they've got a baby that's not going to be around them. Just to point out, this is not a scene, not a clip, but you did... Shout out to Legal Legal Beck on the thread. Mm. Hey, how do you feel about this current situation? And what did she say back? Like it's it's nails on a chalkboard. I think she wants or something. to gouge out her own eyes. Yeah. <laughs> so that's where the law stands on <laughs> yeah. on what's going on in Ramsey we'll, Street. We'll get over to them. I just wanted to take a luxurious walk through Planet Harlow. I just cannot believe her. I really want her to date someone like Paul. Ooh. Yeah. Well, yeah, I guess. So here's, she has this outburst. I can't get over her. She has this outburst to McKendricks. Oh, my, oh my God. Wasn't my God. it amazing? The heat is on. The heat is on. They had a pash that unleashed their deepest desires. Yeah, and all this conversation about Hendrix's testicles. He's like, well, I better put them to use. Yep. There's some things in my testicles that want to come out. Yeah, I could have lost one of those bad boys. <laughs> yeah. And I'm not going to. <laughs> so... I love the dialogue they've given Mackenzie. Like, mm. Hendrix is like, oh, you know, Susan and Carl aren't home. There's some space available, you know, in the kitchen or the dining room. Mackenzie's like, the bedroom. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Like, their chemistry in these scenes is actually awesome. Like, I can't wait for them to sleep together. I'm excited <laughs> as hell. Me too, except who bloody puts the kibosh on this? Oh, and her first line is, she storms into the house and says, is, is Mackenzie here? She's not answering her phone. And it's like, because she doesn't want to talk to you. No, she's having personal time with Hendrix. They're playing games. <laughs> and she comes in and unloads on them and then starts ragging on all the boys she's dated, which is a grand total of two. It's Hendrix and, and he, Hendrix. One of them's in the room and, he's, and he has to keep going, Oi, excuse me, yeah. I'm right here. And then at one point, Mackenzie's like, I can't believe Paul did that. And Hendrix says, I can. Yes. And Harlow's like, I put in all this work to Brent. Like, I fix up these fixer-uppers. Yeah. And what a waste of time. And Mackenzie has another beautiful line. She's going, every relationship is meaningful. Oh, she's a little sap, isn't she? Yeah. I love it, though. Yeah. No, I, I love it. And she, it is. It's true. It helps. Every relationship makes you grow. Yeah. <laughs> They want their relationship to grow in a different way. But oh, Harlow is God. like, Let, let's go have drinks. And then keeps whinging to them all through drinks. Oh, I know. And like, because we've had them on the opening credits together, having their drinks for months now. And they weren't having drinks together. Now, finally, mm-hmm. they're in a, it's just the worst. And, she, and at one point, Mackenzie stops to have some chats with, it's a very awkward staging because... Brent walks in and the atmosphere is icy. And so then Harlow leaves the bar. Hendrix follows her, but Mackenzie hangs back. Yeah. To check on Brent. To I just talk about kids' help. Line. But then we saw Harlow on her own in the cafe having a coffee by herself, literally just staring into space having a coffee. So oh. like, did Hendrix just sort of wander off because she was being annoying to him? I hope so. I don't want to see Hendrix and Harlow talking because I really feel like Mackenzie's not up to that. And as Sarah pointed out in the Neighbours Council, that Hendrix was there for Harlow through some really traumatic yeah. events yeah. and was a big support to her. And it's unfair that she dismisses that. Oh, massively. By just saying, oh, he was an idiot. Like he was an idiot at the end of their relationship, but also he was like a 17, 18-year-old man. Yeah, who was dealing with his father's situation. Oh, lack thereof. Yes. So, yeah, I team McKendrick's... Oh my Get it God. together. I can't Get it wait. on. Have a great time. I want to hear everything. Tell me everything, gang. Tell me. Yeah. Please don't put this off camera. No. God. Okay. Also, there's pashes everywhere now, I'm noticing. Oh, yeah. Brent and Harlow pashed. McKendrick's pashed. Do you know what that means, neighbours? We are owed one debt of... Tody Melanie. Tody Melanie. Melody. I think that's exciting, but I think it's all going to call out soon because 
we're probably at the point of filming where we were coming out of the lockdown before oh this one. God. Damn it, Melbourne. So they're probably all going to stop kissing God soon. damn it, Melbourne. <sighs> yeah. I was rooting I'm for you. Really hope McKendrick's getting in bed together yeah, before in, the lockdown. Get it in there. <laughs> yeah. So over, get it, girl. <laughs> let's go over to Darren Nick. Rebecca in the council coined this term, the Darren Nick relationship. David, Aaron, Nicolette. I'm not going to break away for any Patreon-only chat because I've got a. I'm behind on Patreon. Also, we probably have a curfew coming up. Any it's minute. true. Yeah. yeah, Officer Daniel's going to come bust us. You know, but, one day we're going to end up with a, like a cop that's like angry. Not a podcast, is surely not. Oh my god, it would be terrible. And they'll tell us we can't put it to air, so no, we'll never be able to. Okay, well, we'll see. But even though, like, the ultimate Patreon reward is that we're on every week. So I'm saying that to appease my own guilt. But mm. next week, I promise, we'll do a an outtake. Yeah, with our seven people. Seven deadly people. Um, so, Darren Nick household. God, this is a tough arrangement. Mm. This is tough. So, David and Aaron have taken in Nicolette as their housemate because she's, well, she's the mother of their baby and kind of wants to keep the baby now since she kept it from them for six weeks while they raised a changeling child. And I want to point out that this part of the equation was part of the original plan, that Nicolette yeah. would move in. And basically they would go through the newborn stages together. Yeah. Yeah. And I guess because she took off before the baby was born, they didn't nut out how it would run. But they had a lot of months in which they could have. Also, I mean, we've been saying this since before she put that turkey baster up her. Bad idea. (laughs) And I guess, look, you can plan and plan as much as you want, but you can't plan for the baby you're going to have because their personality and temperament dictates a lot of what you're going to go through. Yeah, and Nicolette's interesting because she's so into cry it out but also like co-sleeping <laughs> and like it's like she's read every article and just taken on everything. Uh, it's also very early to be doing cry it out, i got to say. Yeah, I don't think you meant – like I think it's like a year old or something. Well, at least six months. Like at this stage the baby just wants to snuggle. This is the fourth trimester, yeah, they exactly. call it. The baby yeah. just wants to – feel like they're in the womb at all the to- all times. Just snuggle, 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 snuggle. Although I guess maybe at this point this is when the baby's waking up. Okay. Yeah. You know when they don't sleep all the time suddenly? Oh, yeah, and they've got to learn to self-settle. they they in the middle of one cycle. They wake up after one cycle, like 40 minutes, and then they've got to self-soothe to get the second cycle. Yeah, and it's it's quite a bit of effort getting so through tedious. that. Yeah. So tedious. And I'm thinking about it. It's interesting because with Nicolette, as a nurse, she would have dealt with newborns a lot, like brand newborns. And babies that were unwell, but probably not a whole heap of babies that weren't unwell. Also, it's, again, I've done babysitting, but you just never know what your own kid's going to throw at you. Exactly. And they're all just different. And how you're going to feel on interrupted sleep. Yeah. How you're going to feel. Because you can say at the start, well, I'll just let the baby cry because it has to learn how to sleep. And it's like, oh yeah, but also that is going to send knives down your spine. Because hearing your baby cry is one of the worst sounds. And... What I would hope, though, is if I had told the fathers of my baby that I had given them back their baby and I hadn't, yeah, I hope that I would be a bit more understanding of the bond they had formed with the child I had sent over to them in its place. Yeah, she is really mean about that. What are you doing here, David? Leo wanted to do a video call. And you had to do that here? Yes, actually. Seeing him with Abigail makes me feel... I just, I just thought being close to Isla might help during the call. Well, you should call him on your day with her. Where are you going? Why? You need your dad's PI on me? Cold. Cold. Like, they wanted to have one Skype call, video call with baby Abigail, who they looked after in her infancy. Mm. But they also wanted to include their baby in it. Yeah. Which is, like, fair enough, the babies don't care. But it's nice, it's, but it's a nice moment to go, look, the cousins are going to FaceTime. Yeah, they're cousins. And also, let's not forget, like, David's Leo's mm. twin, right? Mm. Maybe that's one of the reasons he felt this intent. Like, they are genetically very similar. Yeah. These babies as well. My heart breaks for them every time they mention anything to do with Abigail. Because yeah, I just terrifying. keep thinking back to those first few weeks I had with my teeny tiny little baby Dr. Carl. Mm. Just staring at him in complete awe that mm. he even existed. And, and then and, just imagine that someone said, oh, that's not yours. And yeah, every day I was like, how did I get this lucky? How is this possible? How did I get this lucky? And someone to go, well, it's not possible. Yeah, there was an error. There was a, t- a moment... And I was worried about this because I've watched so much Neighbours, but also there was a <laughs> drama that was out at the time called 
It's like oh. the, is it the secrets she keeps or something? Something like that. We were like, I think you were at the end stage of pregnancy when mm. the ads came out. And everyone was like, don't watch this. Don't watch the ads. Don't watch the ads. KB was like, we're banning this show from this house. Yeah. It was yeah, like a baby napping situation. Yeah, ba- like from yeah. a hospital. Yeah. yeah. And going into the hospital, I said to KB, like, we don't take our eyes off this baby. Like, no one takes this baby. <laughs> yeah, right now, this baby's in me and it's safe. The yeah. second it's out, we don't yeah. know. And... Baby Dr. Carl, two hours after he was born, his blood sugar dropped. So he had to go to the special care nursery Yeah, without me Yeah, for whatever reason. I don't know why I couldn't go. I just had a baby. That's the reason. Probably you were, you were getting care. I just had some stuff that to deal with. And it's like they could have said to me, if someone had said to me five weeks later, I oh, remember that half an hour that your baby was in the special care nursery. Oopsie, swapped him. Yeah. Oh, turns out. Yeah. But luckily enough, he looks exactly <laughs> like KB. <laughs> Yeah, it's impossible. Actually, for those two days that he was born, he looked like me to yeah. the point where my dad couldn't tell the photo of me from the eighties apart from my son. But then after- they were using the Kim Kardashian <laughs> filter. All of her photos look like taken in the eighties. So anyway, he looks like hundred percent looks like his dad. So it would never happen. But in this case, Abigail looked like Leo, who is David's twin. It's just. My heart shatters any time they mention anything they witnessed in the last two months with that original baby because it would have been such a deep connection that then got severed. Totally. And to the same point, the deep connection that Nicolette has found, every time she brings that up, I feel for the boys because it's like, but they didn't get that opportunity. Mm. And she keeps saying, yeah, but I said sorry. Yeah. And also, like you guys did bad things. I'm sorry, nothing compares to that. Nothing. No, it's like... If someone, like, ran over your dog and you're sad about that for ages and they're like, but I said sorry. Yeah. Yeah, but my dog's still gone. (laughs) Yeah. They're not here. I still missed that. (laughs) Like, yes, you said sorry, but, and you've made peace with that, but I haven't. Yeah, because you were fine. You were with the baby. Like, our Prime Minister said sorry to the stolen generation. They've still got some stuff yeah. that they're not okay about. Like, just what a moment that was, just, though. That was amazing. Yeah. Was you, but just because you say sorry doesn't mean it erases all the pain and trauma. It just it's part of the healing process. Yeah. It is good to recognise it. Definitely. And don't do one of those Instagram iPhone notes apologies. Oh, my God, the worst. I regret that you felt that way. <laughs> like, at least is that what we're going to get from Scobo after this is all over? Yeah. <laughs> <sighs> Yeah, so, God, she's got some hide, Nicolette. And then anytime if they have express an interest in the other baby, she freaks out. And if they don't have a huge amount of enthusiasm for the current baby, she freaks out. Also, they're traumatised because they think she's going to run off with the baby, so they're, they're all trying to look in on them at all times. What do you think I want to happen? Oh, um, there's no time for me to come up with a fanciful answer because curfew's coming up. So what is it, CJ, that you would like to have? I want mediation. Oh. I want a psychologist. I want them to get around it. I'm actually, I wish Felicity, Felicity Higgins could have been a psychologist that moved into the street. Oh, that would be wonderful. As much as I love the firefighter situation. Yeah. I'm really down for the firefighter and the cop having mm. hot times. But yeah. I want maybe that um, Sonia's ex-boyfriend. Love him. Yep. He yep. could come in. Sam. Better call Sam. Sam. I, I need to look up who that actor was up because I bring him up all yeah. the time. Um, but I want a psychologist or even – remember that um, that woman who was like the um, counsellor? Oh, Victoria. At the genetic yeah. – Yeah, Victoria. Yeah. So even someone like that. Yep. They definitely need help. They said by the end of the week they decide they're going to revisit their agreement. Yeah, which I think is a great idea. Which is firstly get a legal agreement in yep. place. The yep. child's now here. You can have like parental rights chats with lawyers. Now, this is what you can do and set it all out. All right. Curfew's ending, Vale. Yeah, sorry, sorry. Citizen. Yeah. Citizen. Okay, great. Citizen Harlow. I mean, do not get me wrong. I am eating up whatever the hell she's put in front of me. It is so entertaining because mm. I cannot believe how she's acting and who she's being. It's hilarious to me. But I can't be a part of it. <laughs> can't condone it. Citizen Harlow. Don't mess. You don't mess with the rosters, mate. Me and Brent, we can't believe it. <laughs> you don't mess up with someone's ad- mess someone's admin up. Not someone's rosters. Not Excel spreadsheets. Don't get them involved. No. God, when have they ever done anything to you, Harlo? <laughs> um, I'm going to go with Citizen for Jane. 
Oh. Because she keeps coming into that house being like, look, you guys are not being okay. That baby's crying. <laughs> Let's pick it up. <laughs> and then when Nicola's like, are David and Aaron going to come in and hover over me? She's like, no, you've literally locked them outside. You've locked these two men outside <laughs> and they're too scared to come in. They're home. Oh, my gosh. And then at one point she's like, let's go over to Chloe's. Like <laughs> Jane is very respectful of whose house is whose. Yeah. <laughs> she's like, Nicola, you don't have a house. You've got a baby. <laughs> That's what you've got. Anyway, oh. it's been a time. Yeah. Okay. Guess I better go home. Yes. And we will see you guys next week. Yes. We'll take lots of photos from wherever we, from Kate's deck probably. Yeah. Kate's wherever backyard. we are and whoever we're with, yeah. we can't wait. Take care. Neighbours Pod on Twitter, on Facebook, on Patreon. Love your support. Love your work. Thanks for listening. Bye. You can